0: what i'm talking about sports it's now time to take you outside the lines and in the locker rooms of your rider bronx to keep you up to date with everything from scores exclusive interviews with your favorite players and coaches and the latest buzz around campus surrounding rider athletics on the bronx box score now here's your host justin reedman
1: welcome to another episode of the Bronx box score as you just heard i'm your host justin reefman back talking all rider athletics and joined live in studio by a special guest and um i'm gonna say i'm gonna be really excited for this interview because i'm gonna say you guys are gonna get a behind the scenes interview kind of here someone welcome on to the show oh he's a manager for the rider men's basketball team oh i'm so excited to have you on how are you doing
2: uh, i'm doing well thank you uh for having this opportunity opportunity for me to speak uh, today um if people don't know me my name is Ohini sawdou for and like Justin said I am a manager for the Ryder men's basketball team so like I said I'm just real excited to be here today
1: um yeah excited to have you here so I know this is first question is gonna be kind of it's basic but I think a lot of people get a misunderstanding when they hear to her manager right mm-hmm. I think they just because I, I was a team manager for football in high school I think mm-hmm. they just think you know you know, water and that's it. But there's a lot of work and a lot of time that goes between it. Can you just give... Just, I'll, I'll get deeper into the role here at
2: Ryer, but can you just a basic rundown, just what, like, a team manager is and just stuff they do? So one thing I want to say is that, and one of the coaches, Roy Blumenthal, always told me, um, I'm a part of the family. So when it comes to, you know, me coming to practice, you know, and doing what I have to do and all the responsibilities that manager has to do, I am a part of that family. So regardless of what I have to do, whether it's, you know, people may think it's the lowest, you know, job or the lowest responsibilities I have to do, um, I don't think it like that. I just think of another opportunity. But when it comes to being a manager, it is like being an athlete. You have to wake up early, you know, make sure you get enough sleep, uh, make sure you're rested, you know, You know. eating well. And, you know, like I said, you're just going in practice. Uh, you have to set up practice. So, it's, you know, the basketball is coming out. Make sure the clock is ready. Make sure the water bottles are out. Um, and just making sure the players are all there. Um, one of the biggest things for me being a manager is uh, – developing those relationships with the players um, and sometimes when the coaches were asking me to call them you know I would joke around with them saying where you at you know practice starts you know such and such time and, you know that's the relationships we will build but like it got to a point where like you know these are people that I see you know on a daily so when it comes to that you know it was really really cool to be a part of that family um, within not just you know just within that aspect of, like, just practice. But um, even besides that, uh, when it comes to, like, you know, after practice, you know, th- well, before that, but during practice I will just, you know, more so uh, be on the court, I have a towel in my hand, you know, and I have a basketball in my hand, and then just I was just observing, I'm observing what's going on. You know, of course, if something happens during the play and then I have to throw a basketball in or wipe sweat off the floor, that's what I have to do, but a lot of times I'm really observing what's going on. So that's what, you know, one of the, the key, you know, uh, positives of being a manager. Is you really get to see the pace, you know, of, of a basketball team, a college basketball team at that, and see, like, the type, type of competition they deal with. And, you know, just game day, just setting up, you know, everything, warming the players up, rebounding, um, and just, you know, doing anything the coaches say to do. You know, nothing is impossible. Um, it's not easy, but nothing's impossible. And I would definitely say that, you know, it's a very, it's a hard job, but it's something that's definitely worth, you know, being a part of the family of. And, you know, I could stay in the office now with them and just chat with them, even though the season's over. Because, you know, like I said, being a part of that family is something that is, that was built from, you know, starting day one till now.
1: Sounds like a great atmosphere. So I'll get more into the role of your ride in general. Um, but I want to know, how did you
2: find out about the role? is um, this sports man or something you want to get into or... So I actually really want to be a uh, college basketball coach. Um, This is something that I figured out um, when I first, not even first when I came to Ryder, I was actually a biology major, but, you know, learning uh, what I really wanted to do. I went went undecided, and then about, you know, during my junior year, I just noticed that basketball has always been in my life, and I love helping people. Like, helping people has always been something that, you know, getting someone to achieve their goal, getting, getting someone to get to where they want to get to is something that I love to do. So when I kind of put basketball helping together, I just started coaching. And I've always thought about who in my life has impacted me a lot, is it's my coaches. And I did track, I did, you know, basketball in high school, I did soccer, and all my coaches always impacted me. So I'm like, you know, I want to be that someone where I impact a child's life, an athlete's life. So, um I was was a little fearful at first. I definitely didn't know where I could go because I was, you know, when I, you know, you only have four years of college, so you have to make them worthwhile. So coming into my last year and then knowing that, you know, there's not many opportunities you can do um, unless, you know, you know connections. You really have to kind of put your name out there. But um, I met someone named Ja'Kai Clark and Frederick Lagarde. Uh, Ja'Kai still goes here. He's a grad assistant here for the athletics department and Frederick Lagarde was a four-year manager here, um, and now is at LaSalle Basketball. Um, they kind of introduced to me um, what the position is, and that was, like, basically the stepping stone for me to really see if there's something I want to do. And if it is, you know, they will get me to where I want to get to. I just have to put the work in. So they introduced me to the job. Um, they put me in connection with the coaches. Um, and then knowing the you know coaches are very busy, you know, I also have to make it within myself to like you know go into their office you know tell them who I am what I want to do and once I told them you know one day I just saw Coach Baggett at Winslow's office I asked him I was like you know I really want to be a coach and I'll do whatever it takes and he said you know like I said we're looking for managers I said listen I'm with it it's not something that you know I know that hard work isn't something that you know I shy away from so I kind of just made sure that. Regardless of what I'm doing, I just keep my head strong and then just make sure that I'm always, you know, applying myself and making sure I'm get, you know, do my best to get to the next step.
1: Just taking every opportunity you could get. Um, just two great names you mentioned. Um, one, Fred Lagarde, who I had on my um other show last year a couple times. So great to see a success at LaSalle. Um, and Sofette, too, another one yes. if I see just got promoted as well. Yes. So um, a lot of background people leave and become, you know, grad assistants.
2: Absolutely. So yeah great to see yeah it's great to see Um, Rad, um sorry so fetch actually at Radford as a director of player development so you know that was one of the things that they told me they said like you bust your ass like they will get you somewhere and I think that's the biggest thing like you know wherever you go wherever you work, you know whether it's just the like I said the smallest opportunity once you build that trust you build that connection with someone they want to see you succeed so they will put you in positions where you want to do where they see you where you can go and make sure you can succeed so you know I have conversations with Safel all the time on Instagram and you know talking to him about you know just the writers team you know even his opportunity right now at Radford and it's great and it's it's now I'm seeing that aspect really of college basketball the connections the the, the networking you know because I didn't know Safet, but now I can call up hit up so and we could just have a you know easy conversation Fred he's coming somewhere close to me now Jakai, Jakai's like my brother right now like we've really built a real connection throughout the season um and it's something that I really you know take to myself that I really understand like this is this is this is like this, this is the new lifestyle and um, i'm embracing it and I love it.
1: And, um, so going into the world, I know, um, managers, do you guys do any, do the managers do any team bonding activities themselves to get closer?
2: Um, so, I mean, amongst ourselves, like I said, if we have like, you know, stuff to do for the coaches, like we'll go together and like, that's kind of like our team bonding. But even like, uh, for instance, one of the other managers, McGuire Fiend, he, um, he we play intramural intramural sports. So anytime, like, there's a game, he'll tell me I'll come too. Like, we, all, we both play for intramural basketball season, this upcoming season. And we will support each other's games. Like, you know, whenever he's having a game, I'm coming. Whenever he's having a game, I'm going. Like, back and forth. And that's the type of stuff, like, we really built a bond. Even though it was just one year, you know, we really built a bond. Um, and, like, even, I would say, like, maybe not team bonding, but, like, you know, when we're traveling with the teams, like, you know, every time I'm waking up, like, you know, I'm in the room next to him. You know, it's got There's two beds. He's in the bed next to me right there. So it's like I'm waking up, you know, we're having to work all this together, you know, working as managers to make sure everything is good for the team. Like, you know, he's becoming someone that I, as a partner, as a, like, I'm really working with this guy, like, you know. We we bonding for real. We t- the bond, the type of bondage we build is is based off of work, but it's it's more than that. I, what I look at it too.
1: I'm gonna say I could definitely relate. Um, when I told you I, I did managing football in high school, and like you said, you build on the players, the coaches, and you become family. Like yeah. you said, um, just important
2: role of the team, and you you know it makes you feel great. Absolutely. Um, I think you know like I said is you know people may look at you know managers as like a as a like I said a little position but you know I never looked at it like that as me coming into the position, I know I had to stay headstrong because I'm not maybe more so treated as the players, you know what so but I knew myself where I wanted to get to. And I knew what where myself could fit into the program and how I won't change myself or anything. So once I brought myself and once I got situated, nothing stopped me. And that's where I really started to become family because they started to see who I was, how I worked, how I got used to things. And I was messing up at first. I'm not going to hold you. I'm messing up doing a lot of mistakes. But once I started learning, getting my, you know, started getting comfortable, that's when stuff started getting easier. The bonds started getting easier with the players. Um, and now, like I said, you know, they're all, you know, family. And uh, one of the coaches, actually, um, Dino Presley, he uh, his son used to play for uh, this AAU team called NJ Bulldogs, where I used to work at when I was in middle school. So once he first saw me, I was wearing a North Brunswick hoodie. He saw me. He was like, oh, you, you played for the Bulldogs? I was like, yeah, I used to work. And that's how we connected. And now that's my OG. Like, that's someone I, every day, I'm, I'm I'm no kidding. Every day I wake up, I go to class. After class, I go to Crans. After Crans, I go into the office. He's the first office I go to every single day. And I say what's up to him.
1: That's yeah. so cool. You know, the relationships is what it's all about. And just, you know, in the long run, keeping in touch
2: and, you know, finding small connections like that small
1: Absolutely. world.
2: Absolutely. It's 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 a small world, but it's the networking is even bigger. So I know that, you know, I'm meeting great people and they're going to put me in places where, you know, people are great as well. And, you know, just the more connections to be built.
1: So I want to I want to go back to what you said, how you mentioned. And I think it's really true how being a manager, it's, it's basically like you being the athlete, too, because you got to, you know, Time management between classes, practices, and you know your own you know personal life as well. Um, so I've asked people this in the past on the program, is but um, coming as this year, um, how did you balance your time management?
2: Because you know a lot to do. So it was actually not going to hold you pretty tough, especially. Um, I'm pretty involved on campus as well with Greek life. Um, I also was the vice president at one point of the club basketball team too, and that was it was a whole new club. So just balancing all of that with um, work as well, and like you said, personal life in school, it wasn't easy. I think with me, um, I think the biggest thing I always say is that I stayed headstrong. Like I told myself every day, like you know, this is this is your one shot to really do something. So like, don't mess it up. And that's what I kept telling myself. Like the days where we had to wake up for seven o'clock clap, uh, practices, so I have to wake up at six o'clock. I used to be like, oh my god, like this is a, a lot. But I'm just like, do you, how bad do you want it? You know, how bad do you want to succeed? How bad do you want to get to the next, you know, the next spot in your career? And I was like, this is what it takes. So, you know, a lot of times management, um, a lot of communication, you know, throughout like the, uh, different, uh, organizations and the other responsibilities I had to do. But it was a lot of sacrifices, you know, a lot of my social life couldn't, you know, I couldn't do because of the basketball, um, just traveling with the basketball team and, you know, games and practices, but, um, it's worth it because at the end of the day, like, this is my new lifestyle. And, like, if this has to be my new lifestyle, then so be it. You know, if I have to miss out on a, a, uh, an event, you know, a function, whatever the case may be, I have to. Like, because this is, this is if I really want it, this is that's what it takes. Just a, a great mentality to go in with. Um, so I got a few more minutes before
1: my first break. Um, so graduating now as a senior, what advice could, would you
2: give to any underclass and managers coming in for a position? Um, I would say one Be a sponge. You know, at first, one, you're going to mess up a lot because when it comes to, like, I'll say especially college, you know, the intensity with sports and what you have to do is is very up. It's very high. It's like they don't, you know, everything's quick. Everything has to be sharp. So you're going to probably mess up, you know, unless you're used to that. Uh, But be a sponge. Be someone to just want to learn everything. Want to learn. You don't always want to just learn everything on the court, you know, uh game's only 40 minutes, but there's so much time during the day that you have to focus on. So be a sponge with everything coming to where it comes to, like, building relationships with the players, with the coaching schemes, with, you know, just even just preparing practice. Like, if you're ever put in a position where you're a coach and, you know, you were once a manager, you know how it feels. So... Knowing that mentality, always just becoming something like you were once in that position at one point in some time of your life. So being someone to learn, no matter what it, whatever, whatever stake in your life you are, is the best thing, I would say, more so advice wise. And then just be yourself. I would say be yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not um, when it comes to becoming a manager, because lots of times, you know, you'll get lost in like, you know, everything the the program Is to you, but if you don't stay true to yourself, you know you will find what you really want to do is kind of you're just kind of as a puppet. Stay true to yourself, be a sponge, and just work hard. And trust me, you'll love your job as a manager.
1: Just both important, right there. Like you said, coming in and you know make yourself present, and I I think that's important to do. You know, you said be yourself. You know, I I I think it's really important. You know, stay true. You said stay true to yourself, not be selling or not, and
2: you know players appreciate it yeah I think that's I think I mean like I said once I got comfortable because at first you know it's a lot of different personalities I'm dealing with you know and the players are from different places so once they actually find out what I'm you know who I'm about and what I find out what they are about that's when like the bonds will start coming that's not going to happen overnight that's going to take time so you know be yourself you know and let you know let time take its course when it's when it comes to the relationships and um, comfortability, um, get into your position.
1: So I'm going to go to my commercial in a minute. Um, I'm going to keep you here for two more segments. Next segment, we'll talk more about the season itself. Um, but first, before I go to break, I want to promote the show, social media, which I need to do more. Um, at Twitter and Instagram at the bronc Box Score. Like us on Facebook. And then also, show has an email, the Box Score at rider.edu. If you want to talk anything rider athletics, have suggestions for future guests of the show, or if you're in athletics and want to come on, email the Box Score at rider.edu. I'd be more than happy to have you on chat, all rider athletics. Again, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Bronx Box Score. Like us on Facebook. And with that, I'm going to go to my first break. But on the other side, I'm going to keep O here. And we're going to talk more about the rolling manager during this um, exciting basketball season with are exciting um, Atlantic City run as well. So do not go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of the Bronx box score right after this. Keep it locked on the Bronx box score.
0: More exclusive content featuring your rider Bronx after we take a timeout with some underwriting announcements on 1077 The Bronx and 1077TheBronx.com. It's time to get back into the clubhouse on the Bronx box score with your host Justin Reedman giving out more hot content with coaches and athletes for your Ryder Bronx.
1: Welcome back to the Bronx box score. As you just heard, I'm your host Justin Reedman. I'm still joined by O, he is a team manager for Ryder Men's basketball. So, o, we talked about just the manager role overall. I want to talk more about the role and um, this past season. So, just with the whole process itself, you know, preparing for the season, you know, uh, you know, people don't know is they do it in the summer. They got to get ready then. When did you guys get the manager started prepping for the season? So
2: uh, at first for me, since I was a newcomer, um, my role didn't start till the first week of classes. Um, but the grad assistant, Sakai, and, McGuire, and uh, other manager, McGuire were still helping out a little bit before. Um, but once the first week of classes, that first practice, you know, that we was eligible for. We was, we was going first practice. Uh, they, we had to do everything, like I said, with, you know, just setting up practices. Uh, we came a little bit early just to make sure that, you know, I got, you know, adjusted to everything. Um, I think over the summer, I know one time I came in to talk to Coach Baggett, and he kind of just showed me the, you know, a small preview of, like, what, you know, what I'll have to do, but uh, it was, like, right before this, the first practices where I had to learn everything and get everything prepared. So, were there any nerves going into this season kind of? Oh, for sure. Um like I said, I, I will be completely honest. I saw the first practice and they ran a drill and I was like, "Oh my god, like the intensity's different. It's way it's it's way it's up. Um you know, you're not, you know, any small mistakes is like, you know, it's it's accountable 100%. And, you know, it's it's to the point where, like, you know, if you really want to make it, you know, as a coaching standpoint, if you really want to make it, you know, to the big leagues, you really have to put in the work at practice, uh, compete hard, practice hard, and do whatever it takes. And I was definitely nervous uh, coming in because, uh, not saying, I, I, you know, I didn't want things to go bad, but... You know, I was definitely shocked. I wasn't, maybe I take that back from the nervousness, but I was definitely shocked with the intensity of how much, you know, how fast they're going to paces, all that, you know, the transition between each drill and how detailed they were during the practice.
1: And what did you tell yourself just to, you know, stay positive and like, you know, this is going to be good, you know, it's just the beginning, you know, it'll get better over time as the season goes on.
2: Yeah, I'd look at it as anything like you, you know, anything you take upon and, you know, it's a process, you know, at first, you're gonna have to get used to it. So at first, when I'm seeing, that, I'm like, yo, this is this is this is a lot. It's crazy. But I knew after a while, you know, i I would say probably probably towards, you know, I would say like mid October, I was easy for me at that point. Um, I was still, you know, like I said, this small mess ups, but uh, it never phased me. Um, and I, it kind of, you know, how I grew up. Um, with knowing, you know, if you're making a mistake, my parents always told me, you know, if you make mistakes, you know, double double up on it and try to, you know, never do that again and then try to go up on it twice. Like, try to do it better next time to the point where even if you make another mistake, you can't even, you know, look back at it at that point.
1: I, I think that also applies just for, you know, for any job, you know, it's not going to be easy when you come at first, you know, mistakes we made, you know, we're human. It's It's just part of, you know, what happens and how we get
2: better over time. Absolutely, and I think the biggest thing with, uh, with you know, especially being a manager in the college basketball level is, you know, these student athletes are getting ready to either play professional or play in the big leagues, so we, you know, coaches have to do everything it takes, you know, in the work they the student athletes want to put in to get them to their next level, where they want to go, so it is going to take a lot of you know effort and a lot of stuff that may happen there where you and mistakes may happen so uh no matter what you know life life's going to hit you life's going to you know take detours life's going to you know like you know life will just come up on you um unexpectedly but it is about you know how you come back you know getting up you know and, you know next play up no next play uh and just making sure you stay headstrong or so
1: like I said, just, I, like, anyone listen, it's a great message because, like, for any job, any field, it happens, and we're all human, and I think people, like, in need understanding, you know, it's not always going to come, you know, right, at you first, you know. Yeah, like you said, own up to mistakes, double up on it, and just,
2: you know, have the motivation to keep on, you know, doing better each time. Absolutely. Um, like you just said it, like, you know, double up on it and just get better each time. You know, it's a learning process, you know, take your time, learn, and just know, you know, what can you do better next time? What can I do to be better? I would say never, don't dwell on it. And that's the biggest, another big thing I learned, too. Don't dwell on. If you mess up, don't dwell on it. Uh, it everybody, it happens to everybody. And, uh, you know, I, there's a new day, you know. The next day is a new day. The next day is a new day after that. So it's like, you know, let that, you know, let whatever happened, you know, be in the past. And just look forward to the future.
1: And I want to move into um, a game run now itself. So... I'll say it's game day here at the Bronx Zoo. How early do the managers come in and start prepping everything?
2: Oh uh, so we come in two hours early before the game, before tip off um, and it, that is just us just to make sure before we start doing what we have to do, coaches need anything um, and just start to get you know just start to get mentally prepared with the different things that we have to do throughout the, uh, before the tip off.
1: And what, can you tell um there just a little more some of the stuff
2: is uh for tip off like So right before tip off I'll say and I now go from like you know the first thing to right before tip off uh we come in put uh, put our stuff down um just get a count of how many players are there and then just keep that in mind uh checking with the coaches see if they need anything before we need to do what we usually do then we'll make sure uh we we'll get the water out for all of the coach uh, all the uh for both teams it'll be four actually in total one two for each locker room and then one out for the opposing bench in our bench uh, we'll get the bags where it has the equipment so that will be like you know we have the water bottles set for the players during uh timeouts um and then we'll have the clipboard that was that's also in there we have the chair bag so when whenever you have to uh, whenever a timeout happens we'll have to pull the chairs out so the coaches can sit and talk uh for the 30 seconds or a minute that happens, and then pull the chairs back. Um, So we'll have all that set up on the side of the bench um, and make sure that's good. And then once that's done, uh, they'll usually have us come warm up the players. Uh, I had the luxury towards the end of the season to start warming up Ajiri, who became one of my my close players, actually. And, you know, learning during practice, learning the workouts that they would do, um, I would actually, you know, apply that to, you know, pre-game warm-up, so we'll come in maybe like, once he comes in, he'll get ready and then I'll just tell him, you are ready to warm up warm him up and start doing drills with him just to get him ready for the game Uh, so there's that, you know, like I said getting the ball's out, uh, make sure the clock's ready for uh, the athletic department and then once that you know, like I said, sometimes it's just they go in and out the locker room to just make sure, um, then they get the pre-game talk, uh, you know, practice game scheme um Do's and don'ts during the game, you know, just motivation to talk within the players. Uh so while they're going in and out, we're just making sure everything's good. And then right before tip off, uh we just take the balls out. Uh, when the other other team comes, we take all the balls together, put it back out. And I think that's about it. And then, you know, start starting lineups, you know, and then uh tip off.
1: I wanna go back to you. You mentioned you work with Jerry beforehand. So that's kind of kind of like a little coaching role, kinda. Of, yeah, help
2: so that was that was like I think that was the part uh, for myself where I really started getting like really situated. Um, Dino Presley he really started you know teaching me the drills and after a while he said if you know if you know you know it you know like I said uh, I'll give you uh, you you've been here for, you know long enough you learned a lot so I'll definitely give you the pleasure so um, away games especially I'll make sure I'll get Jerry warmed up you know doing little flick flick hooks, um, you know, spin moves, uh, layups on the rim, um, just making sure you're getting his legs ready, post moves, uh, all that. And that was great because that's something that I, like I said, I really want to do more so coaching, you know, learning as a manager. Um, you have to get, you know, be a manager first to get to that spot. And I'm not the luxury to play as a player. So learning as a manager and getting that opportunity was great. And I took that, on, I took it, you know, full stride. I'm really curious about this. Um, working
1: with a guy like a jury, um, big guy at center, does he have different drills compared to you know some
2: other players? Just because of his height, just what he's supposed to do out on the court and the post. Absolutely. Um, guards are guards and bigs are bigs. You know, he's a six eight. You know, he played center. Um, our center got injured, you know Tyrell, uh, who was supposed to play big for us, he got injured this season. So Jerry stepped up and he played a big role where he, you know, had to just be that big man to just control the paint, you know, get the rebounds, you know, score the layups, score the post moves. um, started developing a jumper towards the end of the season, and that's something that, uh, you know, at first the coaches didn't expect, but you know now that he's developing it, you know, even working him out now now uh just me and him you know his jumper is getting much better, so uh it's definitely different when it comes to like the guards. the guards are more ball handling going up down to you know court more shooting you know off the bounce stuff type stuff while the bigs are more you know you know like i said post moves working on rebounds uh picking rolls, but then driving to the lane and you know them finishing or making the right you know decision and then you know getting the jump shot you know. Between like the paint and the rims, and more so. So, you know, it's definitely a different role than the guards or even small forwards.
1: I just want to say something about I, observation I've seen um, just with Jerry himself um, as sports director at the Bronx. I see I saw my broadcasters down to, um, underneath one of the baskets, and I, I just think every year he just gets better and better, just more and more aggressive out there. Because I saw him play against some some tough matchups. I mean, oh, I forgot the school there. There was a seven foot two, seven foot three center. He he shut him down, mm. which he, he was he posted off. He shut it. He shut him down in the paint. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um the the Monmouth game also stands out. Um Walker Miller coming from you know big you know Carolina and mm-hmm. coming Monmouth. Jerry shut him down too at yeah. home. Um, so I, I think every year he just gets better and better, just more just aggressive and
2: fierce out there. Yeah. It's crazy because like when I first when first Jerry came here and like I said I was just a fan watching. You know he wasn't even you know he was. You know, I'm not gonna say scrawny, but he he didn't have you know a lot of muscle. I come into this season, this man is jacked, like jacked. I'm like, yo, this is no, that weight room is treating him right. So, you know, it just shows the determination that what he really wanted to be at in this program, and he became that player that the coaches needed, that relied on you know a big man in the paint that had to play against these seven-two, seven-foot centers centers that come from. Uh, what's it called bigger conferences and you know Jerry had to compete but every day Jerry you know no matter what it was he never uh, stayed away from the competition he never backed down from his competition he always took it full force Um, and you know sometimes you know there'll be games where you don't play the best but Jerry always made sure that um, whether he's he's you know tired after the first four minutes you know he's gonna make sure at least he'll give his best four minutes that he has to do within that you know part of the game and then come out you know and whatnot, so I think that was the best about Jerry.
1: Definitely, and um, I just had a question about game, like during the game itself. So, and then I was just asked just sitting, you know, there, right, right near the bench, kind of. Um, timeouts, um, you know, just the length and how fast you guys come out there, you know, set up the chairs, bring out the water, um, just what goes
2: into that? Like, I'm just curious, how do you guys do it with just the time? Um, oh, so it, it took no practice. Um, like I said, the manager, manager McGuire, and he he kind of told me, like, listen, like, this is, it, it gotta be quick, like, it just gotta be quick, um, you kind of just have to act like, you know, if, you know, kind of, I don't know if you play the game, um, musical chairs, you have to get that seat out quick, you know, before, it. it's, it's kind of just like that, like, once he kind of put that idea in my head, I was just like, you know, timeouts are made for us, you know, during the game, watching the game, um, you know, that's us, you know, we could just have, that's our time to, like, focus and watch the game. But once, you know, that 16-minute, 12-minute, 8-minute, 4-minute mark came, we knew we had to get up. We had to get the chairs ready. Once that whistle blew, we're out there running out. So that was that. And then we just assigned different rules. So um, some of us would get the waters. I would usually, after I set the chairs out, I have to go get the stat sheet and give it to the coaches for them to look at, and then we'll go through, like, different stats um, that will go through, go on throughout the game. And then same thing, like, once that second whistle blows, uh, everything's quick, you know, cleaning up uh, and whatnot. Uh, it was definitely, I would say, not even that easy, too, because lots of times, lots of teams have four or five managers. A majority of the time it was, you know, me and McGuire. So, um, us like I said with like going back to what we say but and that bond, we would just we would just work horses like, you know, during game day and during practice. So us having to do everything together, we kind of built that that rhythm, that chemistry to just, oh, we're doing this poop and then everything was just quick after that. That's really
1: cool. I was just I I was just so curious about it because it's something I always just noticed and I was like, man, just that you know those those thirty second timeouts you'll be out there quick, you know the buzzers buzzers out, you know you know referees give you know the signal and all that. So I, I was just it's something interesting. I saw I was just wondering. So, um, just staying with the season on um, this team, um, I want to talk about away games and also the big run in the in Atlantic City. um Just can you tell me about the experience against the Iona?
2: That game was, I will 100% say that was one of the greatest games I've ever watched. And all season, obviously, that's the best we ever played. Um, I think I always, and I told Coach, um, and I was actually talking to Austin Ferguson, who also works within the sports department. I said, you know, they may be number one C, but it's time to slay the dragon. Like, that was my thing going up through every... Once we knew we was playing them, after we beat Manhattan, I was like, it's time to slay the dragon. Because I knew, like I said, we lost to them, you know, twice in the season. The first game, it wasn't very close. The second game, it was like, oh, well, okay, we wasn't that too far. And... Got down to three at one point, too. Yes. It got it down to three, and then, you know, you know, basketball happens. Sometimes, you know, another run happens. Basketball's about a game of runs. But I think one of the biggest things that was crazy, one of the coaches... Uh, Kim waiter said to me is it's very hard for a team to beat you three times so I ended up beating us twice and then us playing them when it came to match uh, tournament time we we didn't tie down we didn't mentally just be like oh this team's gonna be beat us it was crazy too in the hotel like they had like all their cheerleaders like when us walking out to the buses they had all the cheerleaders like cheering for them so cool and it's like yo but like we kind of just was just like okay and like we we got we they may have all this the number one seed um all respect to rick patino as a legendary coach but like i know the biggest thing for us was you know being that team that people didn't think would go far and being that team, you know, the underdog and having to fight in the will and, you know, just all the, you know, every single time, you know, every play, you know, we, it was a battle. Every single play was a battle. Every single, um, I would say every single just part of the game was, 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 it was, it was ridiculous. It was crazy. Um... And even though when I thought they was going on runs, we were going on to run right back, they'll hit a three we'll hit a three right back. It was just right back and forth. and there was even times during the game you know, I'm yelling and you know, I'm in the manager, I'm in the back, but I'm yelling, He's telling them, yo like we got this, like I don't care what what it is. I don't care if they'll go on run. we got this and when DJ hit that shot, that's when I that really rallied, hit me. I was like, we're not losing. I said we're not losing because like I didn't think we was gonna lose from the jump, but like that really confirmed it. I was like, we was able to stick with that team all the whole game, and I knew once DJ hit that shot, that team was shocked. They didn't know how to respond to that, and I knew that because once you know they got the ball and then you know they passed, they got a turnover for the last shot, I knew they were stunned for sure. So it, an unbelievable experience, unbelievable experience, I would definitely say.
1: I think March always teaches us is, Respect the mid-major conferences because anything could happen on any given day. I think something special about the MAC. Obviously, we saw an NCAA tournament, but I think in the whole conference itself, I, I don't think there's any like dominant team. There could be one during the season, but I mean, once tournament time hits, anything could happen at any given time. And I think we've seen that with mid-major conferences that people there should be more awareness for them. You know, mm-hmm. power fives are nice, but there's a lot of competition in these mid-majors.
2: Absolutely, you, we saw it firsthand with St. Peter's in their conference. Like they. Really showed like like you just said like put more respect to these mid major you know conferences mid major teams that, you know once once you have once you create a bond a brotherhood within your brothers and you guys play to, to the best of your ability you can't be stopped. And St. Peter's, I will say this first, thing, they are a great defensive team. That's what they're about. They're all about defense. Shaheen Holloway even mentioned saying, you know, I got guys from Jersey, New York, we think we're scared of anything. You know, us playing them, and it's crazy because, you know, I said we, we beat them once, they beat us once. But I would say both games was just defense. Like, they were all about defense. And the coaches here had a great game plan to, like, you know, you know combat that. But – going to the tournament and having that confidence, and like once they beat Kentucky, I was like, they they probably they could be anybody, and I don't I don't disagree. Like, you know, and I'm thinking they're gonna do different lineups because they're playing Purdue. They have a seven four center, six ten center. You know, they might have to play the, the tallest center. No, they didn't change their gameplay at all. And it's crazy because like they beat Purdue, they beat Murray State. So, you know, not talking too much on them, but you know, it just that's just a representation of like how much it just really takes off the bondage of the players, bondage of the coaches and bondage as a team. And if y'all got all that, trust me, it's, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. And, you know, a lot of mid-major schools show that within the tournament.
1: I, I Exactly. I, I think, like you said, well, I think this has brought more respect to them. Um, so real quick before my next break, I want to do something new, a new segment, um new thing I want to do on the show, kind of do some um, seniors to come on, Um, a senior spotlight. Um. What do you hope to do just when you graduate within um, basketball?
2: So at the moment right now, um, as, like, you know, May comes and graduation, I am looking for a grad assistant position for our basketball program. Um, That is, I believe my number, not I believe, but that is my number one priority. And right now I'm just fixing up my resume so when uh, me and the coaches start, you know, actually dig down to talking about schools, you know, it's ready to send out, talk to them, um, once, you know, I get that okay with whatever school I want to go to or, like, you know, the basketball program, that's when, you know, applications to where that school will go to and then, you know, that process will start. But I definitely want to become a grad assistant, like, you know, what we talked about, Fred and stuff at, Uh become a grad assistant for a program and then, um, you know, spending my however long most likely two years there. And then after that, just becoming, you know, staying within the basketball atmosphere, whether it's director, DOBO, the director basketball operations assistant. Um, I just want to stay in the atmosphere of college basketball because I love it. And um, I just want to continue walking up the ranks um, when it comes to uh, becoming a coach uh, for our university. So uh, grad assistant is what I'm looking forward to. I wish you nothing but the best.
1: But we're going to keep you here one more segment, and it's going to be our This or That game, um, just for listeners to get to know you more. So we'll be right back on more of the Bronx Box Score after this.
0: Don't you dare touch that dial. The Bronx Box Score will be right back with more inside action of your Ryder Bronx after we review some underwriting announcements on 1077 the Bronx and 1077theBronk.com. 107.7, the Bronx timeout just expired, and that means it's time for more of the Bronx Box Score. Let's throw it back to our host, Justin Reedman, for more trending scores, updates, and interviews of your Ryder Bronx. Welcome back to the Bronx
1: Box Score. I'm your host, Justin Reedman. still joined live in studio by O, manager for Rider Men's Basketball. Oh, time's gone by quick in this one hour. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, <laughs> I keep looking at my phone, and it's says it's 4.53. I'm like, wow. It seems like it was twenty minutes.
1: So this is my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the show. It's a "Would You Rather" this or that game. You ready to go? What's up? I'm ready. <laughs> so I'm just gonna get this one out of the way: MJ or LeBron? MJ. Yes, good answer. I, I think this is what I say. I'm not biased Carolina fan all that. I think MJ made the game and 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 um, you know, the sponsorships too, like the Be Like Mike. He, I think LeBron wouldn't be able to have the game and the sponsorships if it wasn't for MJ.
2: Absolutely, and I like. Like I said before, basketball is about a game of runs. And, like, what MJ did, like, think about it. He won three straight rings, retired, came back, and didn't miss a beat. Won three straight rings. That's just never, like, been seen. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, yes, in that period of time, you could say, you know, MJ was the greatest and LeBron's been great all his career. But... Look at everything MJ has done too. Like he his brand, his brand has been gotten so big as a as just a universal brand all over. And like, you know, people say greatness is not only just where you what you do on the courts, off the court. MJ does a lot. He's, you know, like I said, the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, so now it's like he's doing different avenues and like he, you know, I, he's not a player that boasts that he's the greatest of all time, but I think people know, like at this point, he's he is he's no one has been able to do what he's done and be so successful while doing it so this next was a little interesting
1: would you rather be a mascot for a day or drive his Zamboni? uh mascot mascot you can have you know all the fun with the mascot you know do all sorts of stuff with the crowd
2: yeah i think um even though bronc here is, is hilarious but um being a i think being a mascot is definitely a great addition to a team uh because it, it, it just a uh endorses and gives much of the team spirit uh definitely gives more support uh people seeing the crowd and whatnot do you prefer early morning practices or late at night uh that's not that's a hard one i would say if it comes to workouts i would say definitely late night just so i get through i know that during the the day i could, i just have to do this so i can do what i do during the day but I am an early bird to so like, I like to get stuff out the way and then go out the rest of my life. So I'll, I'll go for uh, early morning. Nice. So uh, I'm going to go put power, like our NBA GM
1: hats and say, would you rather trade your star player for like low end players, trash
2: players, or let him walk in free agency? Um, I think I'd rather you let him walk in free agency. You Because one, once you do, let him walk in free agency, you have that, you know, contract you can still buy. Like I said, now you can buy, you know, two players' worth of two worth of his um, and you don't miss, you know, any money. You trade, you know, players, you still have to, you know. Worry yeah. about their contract. Yeah, worry about their contract. So, so
1: true. So on the court, uh, would you rather flop like Marcus Smart or
2: make errors like JaVale McGee? I'll flop like Marcus Smart. JaVale McGee, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal grinded him. And they got into a whole altercation. It was, oof, that was bad. But, yeah, <laughs> um, like, yeah, and JaVale McGee, like, he's still a great NBA player, but the stuff he's done on Shaq and the Fools, I've, oh, it's it's funny. So I think I'd rather do what Marcus Smart does.
1: It's kind of entertaining seeing Marcus Smart doing some of the flops he does. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's but it just goes to, like, how competitive defensively he is. He's really a defensive anchor, so, you know, the flops it's it's sadly it's a part of the game but um I think you know for me I'd rather flop than beach your this one's a hard one I'm trying to even
1: think to answer this question if, it, if there's an altercation in a game would have, would it be between would I between Ben Wallace or Metal World Peace
2: Oof. um
1: can I say neither <laughs> I know right That's it's, it's a hard um, question
2: yeah um I say Ben Wallace only just because Metal World Peace changing his name. I will, I don't want to fight someone named World Peace.
1: That's true. That's true. Um both they both were just, you know, fierce players Absolutely. in the league. Um, based on their personalities, would you have would you rather have Kyrie Irving or Dennis Rodman in your locker room?
2: Sheesh. Uh... I think Kyrie, just because he's from Jersey, that's just that's more biased, I would say. Dennis Rodman, I think, you know, his crazy personality would have been, you know, different. But I think, you know, he would butt heads with a lot of players, especially when he wouldn't go to practice and stuff like that. But Kyrie Irving, I think just knowing from Jersey we could connect more on, you know, Jersey stuff. Um, and then him just being such a great basketball player.
1: Some more personal connection there. Um Would you trust Pete Kawhi or Pete KD more to win you a
2: title? I... It's crazy because, like, Kawhi's done it, Pete Kawhi's done it with not a lot, not as much as KD. Uh, I think I, depending who I'm surrounded with, I... I just can't give away. I can't give away KD. I can't. KD is just. I agree. Assassin. Um. I love. I love Kawhi because he's a two way player, and that's. I, I love those players. I love a player that can play offense, but defensive end they're going their best player, and still it get able to get buckets. But KD, you put anyone on him, he's he's scoring and. You know, he'll drop 40 in a playoff game at all, at all times.
1: So here's a little bit of my little bias. I have pick KD. I mean, he's, he grew up um, in the county next to me in Maryland. Okay. So um, a local guy, just on the big level, one of the best. Mm. I love to see it.
2: Um, Oh, we're running out of time timer. I want to thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, This is a great, you know, uh, this show is great. Um, like before we was talking off air, you know, you know, I've seen Justin done a lot um, at writers, so it's just really great to Now, you're really doing what you love and producing. So, this is great, man. You know, I hope to see you succeed, you know, even after Ryder, for sure. I appreciate that, and
1: best of luck to you as well. Thank you. And with that, wraps up another week's edition of the Bronx Box Score. I've been your host, Justin Rebin. I'll be back same time, same place, next Monday, 4 to 5, live on 1077 The Bronx and 1077TheBronx.com. That wraps up another week's edition of the
0: Bronx Box Score. (laughs) next monday at 4 p.m for the hottest topics surrounding your rider bronx if you missed any part of today's episode don't worry we've got you covered find the Bronx box score on all of your favorite podcasting platforms visit 1077 bronc.com slash the Bronx box score